Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask for your Holy Spirit this morning to open your word to us, to speak it to our minds, to plant it in our hearts, and to grow it in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, please be seated. So I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I learned something that I think is absolutely insane. You know the NBA star LeBron James, right? Lakers, Cavaliers, Miami Heat, right? LeBron James is estimated to spend $1.5 million a year on his body. It's absolutely nuts. Look, I spend next to nothing on my body, and look what I've got. I mean, who needs what LeBron has? A chef, a masseuse, a recovery coach, the entire Lakers staff, and a biomechanist. Now, I don't know what a biomechanist is, but I don't think I need one for my body. I don't know what it means. All of these people work for LeBron James. And why does he spend all that money? Because his body is his business, right? The longer he can stay in the game, the more money he can earn. See, friends, I think it's interesting how much fitness and health have become part of our world. It's everywhere, but it started in the sports world. You remember the PGA of the 1970s? I mean, these guys were just normal guys. Like they had had too many beers the couple nights before, they had the belly, and you know they were reasonably fit because they walked around a golf course four days a week. But they were just normal people. Today, the PGA has an entire workout facility that travels from place to place so that the golfers can uh, work out between their warm-up and hitting their balls and after the round and all of this stuff. Uh, There's a golfer, Tony Finau. He put it this way. He goes about working out. He goes, I'm going to be able to play at a high level for a long time if my body allows me to do that physically. See, for him, it's about staying in the game, playing better, longer, and winning. But it's not just sports, right? Who are trying to, sports stars who are trying to extend their prime. Everyone is trying to prolong their best days, which is interesting. Well, what's interesting is this, is that, you know, it used to be that Long before I think any of us, I don't, some of you might have grown up on a farm, but for most people, they remain physically fit by the natural things of life. They went out on the farm and they worked hard and they had to do this and they do that. But that has gone by the wayside. Today we live a much more sedentary life, so much so that we have to have fitness regimens, right? Gyms and bar classes. I don't know what that is, so you'll have to look it up. Uh, Yoga and personal trainers, right? We've been preoccupied with caring for our bodies in part out of necessity, but also because of vanity. And while this isn't necessarily health and fitness, Americans spent in 2018, $16.5 billion, with a B dollars on plastic surgery. The fact of the matter is that we are all concerned with our bodies for a variety of reasons, some good, some bad. We're in this series here at Holy Cross called The Game of Life. 
And today, if you haven't uh, picked up on it, we're taking up the topic, topic of our health. And it makes sense to do so because our bodies, our lives are connected to our bodies in this world. And so I want to ask this morning, what does the Bible say about our bodies? And in the big picture, it's this, that your health matters because your bodies matter. Think about it for a moment. This is what we call biblical theology, an overview of what Scripture says about a particular topic, theological. What does God say about our bodies? Well, if you remember from a few weeks ago, in the beginning... In Genesis 1, God said, let us make man in our image, male and female, he made them. God made you physically. He made you bodily. And when he made man and woman, and when he made you and me, he looked at his creation and what did he say? He said, meh, right? No, he didn't say meh. He looked at you. He looked at his creation and said it was good. You see, God made us bodily physically and he called it good but of course we then sinned and sinning actually had a physical consequence when you think about it right why why is it physical because our bodies matter because of our sin death comes into the picture and the consequence is not just some spiritual separation but physical we physically die apart from god Think about how God condemned the world in the flood with Noah. He preserved Noah and his family physically. Why? Because our human bodies matter. And when he makes the promise to Abraham and to Sarah who had no child, the promise that, would be, that he would be a blessing to all the nations, and from his offspring, the Messiah Jesus would come, right? He promised Abraham and Sarah a child, a physical representation. A physical outcome. And we see it in our reading from Paul's letter to Timothy today, where he says this, where he writes, Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Paul's saying that our priority should be for us to train ourselves for godliness. But he doesn't write off the physical completely. He says it has some value. Our physical care matters as well. And think about how that might be. If we are to be people who are out actually fulfilling Jesus' great commission, right? Which is to go to the ends of the earth and make disciples of all nations, right? In that, our bodies actually matter. It would be very difficult to go if I can't get up from the couch. And I was reminded of this on Tuesday morning. After two days of cleaning up from Hurricane Dorian, we lost a couple of trees and a bunch of limbs. And on Tuesday morning, I was getting up to ready to come to work, and I could barely turn over. My body was screaming at me. It was like, hey, here are some muscles that you didn't realize that you had, and you've overused them now. And now I'm going to scream at you. See, the body will limit what we can do. So friends, our bodies matter to God because he made us. And to his mission, we are to go places. And here's another reason that the health of our bodies matter. When you and I are healthy, 
we're less likely to be distracted by unhealth. If you look at the Old Testament reading where Esau sells his birthright to his brother Jacob for some stew, right? We see that Esau was distracted by his physical hunger, a form of his physical need. Distracted so much that he was willing to give up his birthright to his brother in order to have a meal. See, throughout the Old Testament, if you think about how it's described, God is referred to as God of the Father, of our forefathers, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Isn't that the way it's referred to? No, right? It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, the whole history of Israel is changed in this one moment. And it is confirmed when Jacob gets the blessing of his father Isaac in a manipulative way. But the two go together. You see, Esau gave up what was to be his right for a short meal. You see, we can become distracted but momentarily by our physical needs. And in, that, in Christianity, the act, this act is called uh, idolatry. And when we trade a lesser thing for a more important thing, we decide, I want a meal over the things of God. And our bodies, our health, our image, our attempts to prolong our best years like LeBron and Tony Fennell often become an enormous idol in our lives. Our, our bodies become our worship. Now, I know you know people like this. I go to the gym three times a week, about an hour, not much, just enough. But there are people there who are there every time I go. And if I happen to go at a different time, they'll be there too. Their bodies have become their idols. And you can see this throughout our culture by the sheer amount of time and money and energy we devote to shaping our bodies. We can become distracted from the important thing to, by this idol of our body. Tim Keller gives us this analogy in his book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. He says that when we are spiritually sick, it's like having a broken limb. When your leg is healthy, you don't give it much thought. You use it normally without a care in the world. But say your leg is broken, then you you give it almost every bit of your attention. Your entire body is compensating for the injury. Friends, when some part of you or me is unhealthy or unwell, it will consume your attention. And for this reason, it's necessary for us to have a balanced concern and care for our human body. Because your body matters to God, because your body matters to the ministry of the good news, but also because a generally healthy body prevents you from becoming preoccupied in an unhealthy way, making an idol over physical fitness. And that, I think, is the challenge that we face as Christians. The body, its fitness, its beauty, its care is is by our culture either everything or it's nothing. This is a dualism that the Bible and the church rejects. Friends, you are both physical and spiritual beings. These two always belong together. And to, to, to say that I'm only physical, that I need to stay in this world forever, is to miss the spiritual, future, eternal promise that Jesus gives. 
but to reject the need to care for your body because you know that one day you're going to be with the Lord is also to miss out on the opportunities that the body has that we are to function in here in this world. See, that's at the heart of the gospel reading this morning. While physical training is of some value, as Paul says, eternal training, godliness training is certainly central as well. You know, Jesus has these people coming to him in the gospel reading this morning. And they're coming to him because he had fed them physically. He had given them actual bread. You see, Jesus is concerned about our physical being, right? Our daily provision, he tells us to pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Meet our physical needs. But Jesus says that he is actually the bread of life. The food that endures to eternal life. This is what we're to seek after. Most of all, he's not against your body, but he's also for your soul. And as Christians, you and I are to hold these two together. So how do you and I have a healthy view of our bodies and a healthy body as well? Well, here are a couple of ideas. First is this. Give your body some attention. Take care of yourself. Eat well. Do some exercise. But second is to realize this is that ultimately, you and I have a new body that's coming. I thought seriously about this this week, about dyeing my hair some sort of ridiculous color. Because I don't know if you noticed, but my hair is mostly gray. And and what I wanted to do was to dye my hair so that it would be obvious uh, to demonstrate how I might mask uh, this biblical reality, which is this. Our biblical reality is that our outer man, the outer Trevor or the outer woman, if you are a woman, it is actually wasting away. This is the natural part of our life. And barring Jesus returning today and taking us all up, our bodies are in fact heading to the grave. Now, you know what? I want you to hear this. I'm not scared of that. And neither should you. What God promises is that the grave is the entryway through His Son into the eternal life. Our bodies are, in fact, wasting away. And while we're here, we can serve Him, but eventually we get to worship and be with Him forever. Our bodies are wasting away. And for the Christian, that's good news. Because we'll be closer every day to receiving the new body and the new heaven and the new earth. Perfect, whole, painless, deathless bodies. And so while the outer self is dwindling, this reality is at work. We are waiting our resurrection bodies. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. And so if your outer man or your outer woman is wasting away, here's what you're to do. Prepare your inner self. Train yourself for godliness. Fill yourself with his promises. Then use the time that you have and the abilities that you have in the body to fill others with those promises as well. Give people the meal, the bread of life. Give them Jesus, the food that leads to eternal life forever. See, he's come to give you an abundant life, presently and eternally, And he's he's come through you to give abundant life to others. And that is our prayer, that as we live, we serve him. 
And when we die, we die to him. That our bodies will be new and whole in him. Let us pray. Father, I do thank you. I thank you that you have given us physically, uh, given us our physical bodies. And we pray that you would help us to be healthy in this life so that we might serve you. But we would rest in the promise that comes from the future new life and new bodies we have in you. Lord, give us hope this day through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.